While the world is quick to tell you all that it's against, Uptown Church wants you to know where for. We're for doing what's right and fixing what's wrong. We're for lifting up prayers and breaking down barriers. We're for the brightest, boldest, loneliest, finest, and most flawed among us. And most importantly, we're for you. Uptown Church. In the city. For the city. Hey, good morning. Okay, how many of you, when you see that video, you can totally relate to that? Okay, yes. You go to bed at night and you, even you are tired. You've done all your nightly rituals, whatever those are, put all the things on your face, you know, taken all the concoctions, done your breathing exercises, and then you hit the pillow and you cannot sleep. And all of a sudden, those worried demons just rise up within you and you are wide awake and counting sheep will not, does not work for you. Self-disclosure, I have never been a good sleeper. So that is my (laughs) rhythm. A lot of nights I find myself wide awake, cannot sleep, even though I'm exhausted, tossing and turning, asking all sorts of questions, you know, like, is my four-year-old going to get into a good college? I don't know. We'll get, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Now, that's me, but I am married to a man, baby, I love you, but this man can sleep anywhere all of the time. You have a friend or a person, partner like that. He, he will do everything they tell you not to do before you go to bed, you know, like check your email, be on your phone, do your taxes, you know, whatever. This man can do whatever. And as soon as his head hits the pillow, he is snoring. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't even have to be bedtime. Anytime we're in a darkened room and the lights just dim a little bit, I can hear the snoring begin. There's not a movie theater that Elliot Gonzalez has not fallen asleep in in Dallas. Okay, love you. (laughs) I'm gonna be sleeping on the couch tonight and have another restless night because I told you all that. Yeah, many of us know what that's like. We can't sleep. We all the questions in the world. And if that is you, like me, here's the thing. You're not alone. In fact, 50% of all Americans say that they do not get a full night's sleep on a regular basis. 50% of our country says, I do not sleep fully through the night regularly. That's crazy to me. What what makes that statistic even worse is we're all driving around every day with lack of sleep. No, that is bad. But what makes that worse for us is that we're meant for sleep. Do you know our bodies are hardwired for sleep? We were created to naturally be able to rest, and yet we can't. Yet we find ourselves anxious and tired and tossing and turning, asking the questions. And so in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about that, that sort of insomnia. Now, we're not talking about like insomnia, the medical condition. There are conditions that cause people not to be able to sleep at night. I cannot help you there. Just a pastor. But for many of us, For many of the people who that statistic accounts for, the 50% of Americans who can't sleep, many of them are not 
diagnosed with a condition that would cause them to not be able to sleep. It's not a physical problem for them. In fact, for many of them, what I suspect and what I find to be true of myself is that my lack of sleep actually comes down to being a spiritual problem and comes down to my faith. Because, see, God made us to sleep. In fact, if you look all throughout scripture, that is a popular topic in scripture is rest. From our very beginning of creation, we affirm this idea that we are made to rest, that God calls us to sleep, that God calls us to not have restless nights, but we do. We do. So what do we do about it? And for the next few weeks, we're going to be asking that question. What keeps you up at night? Well, what is it for you? Is it thinking about something that's going to happen tomorrow? Are you worried about where your kids are going to go to college and you don't even have kids yet? Or if you're going to have kids or you worry about what that conversation with your boss is going to be like tomorrow? Or maybe you go into worrying about what happened yesterday Oh gosh, what did he mean by that? What did she mean by that? Why didn't they call me back? Why didn't they text me back? I thought we had a great first date. What happened? Oh my goodness, how am I gonna take care of that bill? How am I gonna tell that person this or that? We worry, we worry, we go back and forth. Can you relate to that? What is it for you that keeps you up at night? That's gonna be the question we ask ourselves over the next few weeks. And I wanna help identify and you identify what is it when I can't sleep keeps me up? Is it rehashing something that's already happened in the past or is it rehearsing something that's going to happen in the future? Or is there something else going on that I need to be aware of? And then we're gonna identify some of the major things that keep many of us up at night and what we can do about them, how they actually are spiritual problems and what God says we can do about that. And then I wanna wrap up the series in a few weeks, looking at what it means to actually live a restful life. If we're made for peace, if we're made for rest, what do we need to do so that we live a life that is grounded in rest and peace? So what do you think keeps you up at night? There's this incredible story in the New Testament about a man you probably, if you've read the Bible once before or come to church, especially around Christmas time, that you might be familiar with this man and his name is Joseph. But most of his story, and I, and I didn't realize this until going back to his story, but much of what we read about Joseph is actually his restless nights. All of the pieces of his stories happen in the middle of the night when he is unable to sleep. See, Joseph was the father actually of Jesus. But he has trouble sleeping. And his story for us, I think, enlightens us as to why many of us also have trouble sleeping. And so I want to read it for you. And you might be familiar with this already, but it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was betrothed to a man named Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I have to stop you there. Came together 
is biblical speak for consummated the marriage, if you will. Before they were fully consummated their marriage, their betrothed, which in the first century meant they were already married, but before they've had marital relations, he finds out his wife is actually already pregnant and she's claiming through the Holy Spirit. Now, how many of you are like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're Joseph, you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Tell me more, Mary, please. Because Joseph, though, it says her husband was a faithful man. He was faithful to the Jewish law. He didn't want to expose her to the public disgrace. See, he already kind of has in mind that something not right is happening here. um, And it's not really something of the Holy Spirit. So he's going to fix the situation and he's figuring that out. So he has in mind that he's probably going to divorce her quietly, you know, respect her. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. So the story here, you find Joseph learning this big information that he didn't expect to happen in his life. He's preparing to be married to and live his life with the woman he has found this partner that he is excited to live life with, but then they hit this unexpected circumstance and he's not happy about it. He's worried about it and it's keeping him up at night. One thing we know about Joseph's story, and if you like dig in a little bit more, that word, it says he considered these things. You know, it sounds like he like sat there and thoughtfully reflected on the circumstances in his right mind. If you actually look at the Greek word um, that, that, that we translate to considered, it actually has this sense of it was revolving in his mind. It says to go about round and round in one's mind. What does that sound like to you? He's going over and over this situation, not just how could this have happened, what is happening, but he's trying to get his mind around what to do next. I'm here in this place I didn't expect to be. I'm totally blindsided. I'm totally in the dark. What does one do when you find yourself here? And he's going around and around and he's worried. And we get that sense that he's worried so much so that he's, it's following him into his dreams. I mean, have you had that happen where you've been worried about something that you've been tossing and turning throughout the day, revolving around and around in your mind, going over and over again, how will this work out? What will I do? And it floods even your dreams. And you wake up and you realize that was not bad pizza. That is my fear. See, what we see is the angel comes to him in his dreams and it's cool that God meets him there. But the angel says to him, do not be afraid because he's addressing what's going on with Joseph and what happens to you and I many times when we find ourselves restless in life. There's this fear of the future. 
that we lay there at night in the quiet and wonder, is everything going to be okay? And think about it. When you were a kid, what's the first thing at night that kept you up at night? What? Your fear. You were afraid of what you couldn't see. What you didn't know might be lurking in the shadows of the lack of light in your room, the darkness. What is there that I can't see that might come and get me? And while we grow up and we trade that fear of the dark and maybe monsters lurking in the closet, we, we trade that for a new kind of fear, don't we? Because we all have this innate human impulse within us to fear what we do not understand, to fear what we do not know. Our brains are working overtime to put pieces together, to try to put a story together about what's happening in our lives. And when we don't have much evidence, when we don't have much to go on, when it feels like we're blindsided or we can't see a few feet in front of us, we begin to spin and fear what is out to get us. And that's exactly what Joseph is doing. He fears the future. What will this mean for Mary? What will this mean for me? I'm a stand-up guy. And now my reputation is going to be ruined. Everything I have worked to build might just fall apart and crumble when people get word of this. What is going to happen? What's going to happen to this child? This child that he thinks has come about in a way he doesn't approve of. He wonders, what's the future of this child? He's spinning, spinning. We do the same thing. Often we're restless and lack peace and anxious because we are worried about the future. And we begin to rehearse it. But to deal with our fear, we have to deal with our faith. See, that's exactly what this angel comes in and does for Joseph. He doesn't say, hey, Joseph, man, I'm going to need you to stop worrying. I'm going to need you to put that fear aside. It's not really valid. No, 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 no. Oftentimes, our fears stem from something real in our lives. In fact, if we did not have the impulse to fear, many of us may not survive past our childhood. That fear is what causes us to survive. It's a survival instinct, right? It's what makes us know when we get close to a high edge. No, 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 don't jump. And we fear it and step back. It it helps us survive for a while. But how many of us know oftentimes what is within us What we do to survive is not the same thing that will let us thrive in our lives. What keeps us alive may not cause us to move on, transcend, and continue to thrive in our life. So there is this point at which survival is not the highest goal. And that is what's happening with Joseph here. That's what happens with you and I and our fear For us, it's not about getting rid of fear. That's not today's message. That's not going to happen in all honesty because we're wired that way. But what this angel is challenging Joseph to do, and I think what is the challenge for you and I is to move beyond the fear and to grow our faith. The goal is not to eliminate the fear, but it is to grow and strengthen and deepen our faith. 
Because, because faith corrects the narrative we build, the narrative and story we begin to tell ourselves when we're afraid. Because how many of us know this about worry? Worry is this fictional construct that ends up impacting our future reality. Our fear might be based in something that's actually happening in our lives, but when we go down the rabbit trail of fear and worry and, and go over and over and over and over again in our minds, how many of us know we end up places that in the daylight we're like, gosh, that's not even, we worry about stuff and we come up with things that just are so beyond our reality, yet it impacts the way in which then we go into the next day and live out our reality. See, the angel knows something here with Joseph. He says, Joseph, you're telling yourself stories. You're beginning to write a narrative that is going to impact your future reality, your future reality. And he's bringing him back in and saying, do not let worry construct for you a narrative and story for your life that doesn't exist yet robs you from your reality. He says, that's where faith kicks in. He says, do not be afraid. Trust what God is doing. God is here and God is with you in this. And that's what he needs to hear. And that's what we need to hear because not only does fear have power when we can't see what lies ahead, but think about it, just even going back to that example from when you're a kid. Fear has power oftentimes because it has this way to isolate us. I was with my four and a half year old a few weeks ago, putting him down at night. And, you know, we've kind of moved on, I thought, from being afraid of going to bed in the dark. And, and I asked him, hey, buddy, why, why aren't you letting my hand go? And he's like, I don't like to be alone. When, you, when, when I go to bed, it's dark and then I'm alone. I was like, oh, that's what fear does to us. Not only does it make us think that the worst is out to get us and coming for us, but it convinces us that we are here alone. And the angel tells Joseph, no, 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 you are not here alone. What is happening here? God is very much in the middle of, and God is actually orchestrating. You may not know how the story goes, but God does, and God's with you. Trust, let your faith be greater than your fear. I think for many of us, that's what we need to hear, that we have fears, they're real, but that there is something greater than your biggest fear. What is it for you? What is your biggest fear? Do you believe that there is something greater than that or does fear get the last word? That's where Joseph is being challenged in this rehearsing of the future. Is, is my faith what drives my life or is my fear keeping me stuck here outside of peace? One thing I love is that Jesus, later on, we know that Joseph goes on and he takes Mary as his wife and he trusts in faith. And think about that just for a second. If he would not go on and tr have trusted that God was in this, what would that mean for you and I? a story that has such a big impact. Where would we be in this Jesus movement if Joseph had not leaned in and trusted God and leaned into faith over fear? Later on, Jesus comes along and he's talking to his disciples and he gives this teaching in Matthew. 
And it's incredible. And he talks about this same thing. Do not worry. He says this, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Ouch, Jesus. He just, he comes and hits it right there. He's like, can, can your worry bring about anything in your life? He says, do not worry what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear for the pagans, those who don't follow me, those who don't know me, those who don't ascribe to my teachings, that's what they worry about. They get caught up in those things, but you, your heavenly father knows that you need them. You, your heavenly father is attentive to you. Your heavenly father hasn't left you. Your heavenly father is with you. Do not worry. He says, but seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and then these things will be given to you as well. He's saying, go to faith first. When you're tempted to linger in fear, no, no, seek first God. Linger on the things of God. Because not only does worry have this way of constructing a reality that doesn't really exist but impacts our everyday, is that worry gets us wrapped up in frenetic activity. Have you ever heard, um, it's usually a Southern mama, my Southern mama and grandma always say this, if there was no one here to worry about this, well then no one would be worrying about this and nothing would get done. We think our worry produces something. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Your worry doesn't add anything to your life. It leaves you empty. Let it go. Seek first me. And that's the key for us. When, when we find ourselves worrying about the future, fearing what may come, is we gotta lean in and seek after God first. The thing about Joseph is now he, he encounters God in his sleep when he's dreaming, when he's quiet, but in that is a key for you and I and how we seek first and fill our minds with things above and not our worry. He gets, he's still and he's quiet. Have you ever noticed that the thing in your life the quiet nighttime, when you're still, when you're not distracted, is sometimes the environment that opens the floodgates of your anxieties or worries. But it can actually, ironically, also be the environment in which you build and grow your faith. And so I wanna challenge you this week if you find yourself restless about your life, whether it's laying in bed at night or whether it's throughout the day, to do this, to seek first the kingdom of God, to seek first, fill yourself with faith, grow your faith rather than lean in and feed the fear. Because what you feed in your life will be what you live your life with. You can't feed fear and then believe for more. You can't feed the fear in your life and then think you're gonna succeed and move beyond it. You've got to feed faith. And one of the ways we do that is we get still, we get quiet. We find a place and we get before God. 
I am convinced that what we will not deal with during the daytime will come at us in the nighttime. What we do not address throughout the day when we won't stop, when we just keep going thing to thing because we want to stay distracted because we don't want to think about what we're worried about. We don't want to face the fear. So we go, 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 go. But what we don't face in the day, it comes for us in the night. So what if we took time throughout the week to stop, to get still, to get quiet, to face the fear? We, we know Joseph's story. God says he'll meet us there. And then name your worry. Name your anxiety. Call it out. Have you ever noticed when you name something, the power it has over you kind of dissipates? When you acknowledge something, you're able not only to address it, but you're also able to oftentimes see it for what it is. There is power in acknowledging and naming something. I love how Peter says it like this. He says, you can come to God and cast all of your anxiety on God because God cares about you and God is already there. So get still, get quiet, name the fear, give it to God. And then finally, what if then you listened for God? What does God have to say about this? Now for you, this may not be hearing an audible voice. For many of us, that's not how it works. Or it may not even be like Joseph, an angel appearing in your dreams. Wouldn't that be nice? But for many of us, what that means is to set our minds and our focus and our attention on God. And I love how the psalmist says it like this. He says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And it's not up there, but he says, it comes from the Lord who's the maker of heaven and earth, the one who's brought about everything, that is my source. And when he says, I lift my eyes up, it's not just simply looking at something. It is this idea of perception. I perceive that my help, that my hope, that my life is grounded in God, the one who is the maker of all things. He is my source. That's what feeds the fear, or feeds the faith, not the fear. And then he says this, he says, the one who watches over you will not sleep or slumber. Indeed, God, the one who watches over all of Israel will neither sleep nor slumber, but keep watch over your life now and forevermore. Listening to God, leaning into this truth, that our source of all of our life is God. Building that faith that God is the one who's so attentive to our lives and our every action, our every moment, that God doesn't even sleep, that God doesn't even slumber, that God is awake so you don't have to be. God is awake so that you can rest and sleep at night. Friends, what would it look like for you this week? What would it look like for all of us? If this week, when we find ourselves restless about our lives, 
we go to God instead. That we believe the faith, build our faith over our fear. That we begin to be still and quiet throughout the day so those demons of anxiety and worry don't get us at night. That we name all of our worries and concerns before God because God cares for us. And that we focus on what is the truth about our lives. That God is with us because God is for us. And God never sleeps nor slumbers and is creating for us a future we cannot think or imagine that God's the one who holds it all together, not you. Thanks for listening today. Want to connect with Uptown Church? Visit uptownchurchdallas.org or follow us on Instagram. And be sure to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for in-person worship at House of Blues in Dallas. God is with you. God is for you. Go in peace.